In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates fearless romance creators. I'm Melody Carlisle. People in the Temple of Defiant Joy at the Joybringer tier or higher just got the links to download their arcs of Dating Dr. Dill by Nisha Sharma and The Astronaut and the Star by Jen Comfort. I'm so excited to see what everyone thinks about these books. We spoke to Nisha about Dating Dr. Dill, which is a loose retelling of Taming of the Shrew, except she turns every trope on their head. Plus, she snuck in a reference to one of her favorite tropes in dark romance, which made us cackle with joy. Her author spotlight is up on the Temple feed, so don't miss that either. I have to give a huge thanks to everyone who's rated and reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you so much. Seriously. It's the best way to help people find us other than word of mouth, and we really appreciate your time and care. Today, we have our first fae romance. Monica Corwin joined us to discuss one of the original queens of paranormal bonkers, Laurel K. Hamilton. She chose the first in Hamilton's Mary Gentry series, A Kiss of Shadows. I would be remiss if I didn't include some trigger warnings for content typical of a book written in the late 1990s, including mention of rape that happens on the page and sexual violence as punishment. On a related note, there are dick-eating butterflies. Uh, Here we go. Oh, shit. (gasps) I heard Monica brought us some ish today. (laughs) That is what I have heard. (laughs) It's good to be reminded 
that our elders, those who have forged the path before us, Indeed. were doing bonkers shit long before this current era of monster fucking. Mm -hmm. And it felt about time to bow down before Laurel K. Hamilton. Yeah. It felt very appropriate. Agreed. Yeah. I had to go back and look up when this book was actually published. When I first started rereading, I was me like, too. okay, let me go check that real quick. When was it? It was published in 2000. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a so minute ago. So it was ago. written in like 99. I got to like get my brain into the cultural moment that was 99, 2000. Bill Clinton was president. Shit. No. What? Wow. It was a very different time. <laughs> so you very much have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Like, I found myself in the early chapters holding it to today's standards and being like, oh, you can't talk. Like, ugh, you can't yeah. say that. And then I was like, this was written in 1999. Yeah. Like, yes, you could. Totally different. But Monica, we need to know what you consider to be bonkers. Okay, I thought I had prepared for this question because you guys ask it on every podcast, but uh, I actually, <laughs> I feel like my threshold for bonkers is a lot higher than most, although this book did push it just a little bit. <laughs> had you read Laurel K. Hamilton like back in the day? Not originally. Was... I think I was okay. maybe 14 when it was published, but probably in my early 20s I read it for the first time. I started with a new Blake but Anita Blake and Mary Gentry are very different. They're so different. And um, yeah. so I read that and that was sort of my first kind of role into like the reverse harem sort of realm. Um, mm. Although it wasn't called that at the time. So no. no, originally I did not read it, but in my early 20s, I read it for the first time. And I've reread it a couple of times since then, just because very porn, but you know. Yeah. Oh, gee. Fair <laughs> yeah. We want it. We need it. We have to have it. It's funny reading it because like the wave of like Karen Marie Monning and like all those books I think came after this so I don't I don't know what came before this in the like urban fantasy fairy porn right. space or if she legitimately was really the first carving out this space but it's really interesting to see how it's evolved from there Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So not much phases you. Um, I feel like my sort of bonker standard, which is something that would stop, would make me stop and have to like think about it for a second, like picture it in my mind and then try to like play it out. And then if I'm just like, nope, then that's my, that's my hard limit. But uh, most Fair. of the time I can play it out and then I'll just be like, oh, okay. All right. Very There cool. is a fair bit of that in the book yeah. that we're about to recap. <laughs> but first, we will give you some quick updates. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and Celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. 
It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com slash temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. All right. I cannot wait a moment longer, both of you. I have to know. I've just had playing through my head this shit is bananas. (laughs) (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. My notes just like there are a lot of exclamation marks. I love it. Okay. So the book is Kiss of Shadows. Uh It is the very first in the Mary Gentry series written by Laurel K. Hamilton. I have met and interviewed Laurel K. Hamilton with her husband. It was cool. Cool. They're really cool people. I like Laurel K. Hamilton a lot. I am potentially going to say some things that are going to make it seem like I'm (laughs) making fun of this, and I am not. No. I bow the fuck down, but this shit is ridiculous, and that must be acknowledged. So just throwing that out there. All right. I like it. Okay. So book opens, and the first 20% of the book has, like, basically no relevance on the rest of the book so i'm gonna blow through it very quickly because it does not really matter and we like form emotional attachments to characters that maybe we see in future books i'm not sure but we do not see them again in this book so we're gonna skip them okay perfect so mary gentry is the lead character she is Faye royalty who is in hiding in Los Angeles. So she is using glamour to disguise herself to not look like Faye royalty. And she is working for like a magical detective agency. <gasps> Fun. She has what I think is a hot boss named Jeremy, but I'm not going to go too into him because he does not There's matter for the rest four of the foot eleven. I need to note that <laughs> he is a tiny man, but. Oh, yes. that's awesome. <laughs> he has gray skin, but I'm not, I swore I was not going to go into jail. This is the problem because she makes these characters so interesting, but then like they don't really matter for where we're going with the plot. Yeah. So I don't know. There's shenanigans. Wait, I'm There's sorry. Like, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Do we know why she's in hiding for from Faye her, royalty? Yeah, she, um, her cousin was trying to kill her. Who, who, what? Oh, sorry. sorry yeah, go her on, cousin, Monica, you who can is, explain it. Uh, his name is Prince Cell. I, I pronounce it Cell. Is that how you pronounce it? He's, uh, he's the son of the queen of the Unseelie court. Her name's Queen Andias. And he wants to kill her, basically, to make sure she doesn't take over the throne. Her father is Queen Andias' okay. brother. who he is, de- he is dead. He's dead before the book starts. Gotcha. So she's, like, third in line to the throne. Okay. Yeah. And so she's part Unseelie Fae, which is, like, the evil Fae, even though they're not really evil. And then she's part... Uh, part Nope, I messed that up. <laughs> she's, um, I messed it up. So wait, she's part I'm good fae and lie. bad fae? I don't have the... Yeah, good fae like and bad fae. Seely, unseely, like she, fae, I don't know. Somebody gets muddled for me and I'm just not going to try and yes. extricate yeah. it in my head. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the light court and the dark court. She's heir to the dark court. Nice. So that like Okay. Yeah. And so, but now she's in Los Angeles mm-hmm. being hot and solving magic crimes. Yep. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So there's this whole thing with like two women and it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to go into it. We're <laughs> going to blow through this. They take a case that they don't think they should take okay. because their gut says not to take it, but they take it anyway because they feel bad for these women. Mary ends up going undercover 
trying to get trick this guy into like using magic to seduce her because that's a crime and they can put him away for that oh. while they like catch him for this spell that he's done. Mm. The undercover operation goes wrong. Trigger warning, Mary is raped on page. Yeah. Not great. And not great. And then there's this whole thing with the police and there's this like aphrodisiac oil that is used during the undercover operation gone wrong uh-huh. that like strips her of her glamour. Oh. So now she is revealed to be like Princess Meredith of the Fae. Oh my gosh. The missing princess. Oh no. And none of her friends knew either. Like her boss, her friends, yeah. her lover. So Fun fact, she has a lover named Roan, and Roan is a Roan, which means he is, like, half seal, half man, and he has, like, a skin that is alive. Wait, so, like, a seal as in an ur, ur, ur? Okay, okay. Uh Yeah, (laughs) it's very sexy. (laughs) No, I'm into it. I just wanted to know. And his skin was, like, taken and burned. Oh, so he's, like, a silky. Yes, yeah. Yes, so he can no longer change into it, and, it, like, his first love is the sea, and he's pining for the sea and whatever. Poor guy! It's very sad. So then after the oil aphrodisiac whatever thing happens and she is outed to be Princess Meredith, he, like, gets the oil on himself, and they have this, like, transformative sex, and she, like, regenerates a new skin for him, and he fucks off to the ocean, Incredible. and that is the end of Roan, her lover. Oh my god, she heals him with sex. After they have sex on the skin. She has fucking sex magic. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's very Robin She is descended of five (laughs) fertility deities and thus has, like, sex magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reproductive kinds. It evolves. She doesn't know initially, but she, as she continues to have sexual encounters, Mm -hmm. of which there are, you know, okay, you know what I was thinking we need for this episode? (gasps) Tell me everything. You know that fucking god-awful button in the Sexless in the City show, the, like, woke moment? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We need a button like that for every time Mary hooks up with somebody. Because you would be hitting it a lot of times. (laughs) Not slut-shaming. I love it. I am very impressed. I'm not even mad. That's great. And one thing I want to note through this whole book, they repeat over and over how sexually open the Fae are, how they're so much better than humans because they're so sexually open. They don't have those human hang-ups. Yeah. However, Mary is very straight. Uh, Very straight. There's something later with a woman in a later book, but... Oh, yeah. But there's no, and there's no crossover between the men. Like, once we get there, there's no crossover there. There's no crossover with her. So it's always like, they're very sexually open, but only just enough. That's very 2000. And they're like thousands of years old and you never got fucking curious. (laughs) Please. Please. Nice try. I will say I do have a kink for romance novels where the main characters fuck other beings. And then, like, you know, find their HEA along the way. But I'm not a believer in, you know, monogamy in romance novels. It doesn't always have to happen for me for it to work. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting having had the conversation with Laurel and her husband that I did and knowing that, like, they are poly and they're very open about that. And so, like, you just see so much of that authentically being woven into the story and into Mary's perspective that, like, monogamy is just not how her brain is wired. Sure. I love it. 
Okay, so she is, her aunt is the queen of air and darkness. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody like says her name, it will get back to her aunt. She's got like a little bit of time to flee before her aunt finds her. Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. <laughs> so Jeremy, her boss, and some of the other people like put her in a van and they're trying to get her to the airport. And there's like car accidents yeah. and somebody's like smashed cars. <gasps> I love a car chase. This is great. And there's like a 13 foot tall pig man. Yes. And what? while they're on the while they're on the way to the airport, there's this very strange moment where like she feels bad for him because he doesn't have anybody to have sex with. Oh. So they like he and sort so she of says, propositions her. <laughs> no? And they like make out, yeah. but then like somebody punches through the wall of the van or something. Oh, come on. It. Poor pig man. So push that button. Yeah, like it. So then, Sholto, Lord of Shadows, <gasps> the king of the lower Unseelie, has oh. arrived with his minions. His minions, he has three hags and this like top hat wearing dude bro. Loving this. He has like long white hair Ooh. and a leather trench coat. Oh. And okay, he's supposed to be like the epitome of a beautiful fae man, like the perfect except except in Allegheny. Like <laughs> I have read quotes. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Then. Listen, you're painting a picture that I really like. This book sounds incredibly vivid. Oh wait for it, mm-hmm. Melody. Sholto moved toward me in a long-legged, graceful stride. He was handsome, not the heartbreaking beauty of some of the she, but striking. Oh, oh, hello. I knew that the humans watched him as he walked because they could not help themselves. The gray coat blew back, and there was the faintest bulk Mm. around his middle. Sholto had the hair, the eyes, the skin, the face, the shoulders, everything, except that from just below his nipples to vanish into his pants was a nest of tentacles, Mm. things Mm. with mouths. Whoa! His mother had been she, his father had mouths. He has like a fucking nest of tentacles that just hang out on his stomach and like floop-a-doop. He's got a tentacle belt, abdominal tentacle belt. The picture is sitting like out like like a cow's udder. (laughs) Like it's got those suckers on it. Think about how that could tentacle you like, you know, with no issues. I'm with you. Mary is not into it. Oh, sad town. Mary is not impressed by his tentacles. So she, like, flees, and the three hags and the man in the top hat catch okay. her. They're going to take her to their master, Sholto, and Sholto is like, I just want to talk. Like, I was sent to kill you. I'm not going to kill you. I don't mean you harm. Aww. I swear on my honor and the darkness that eats all things that I do not mean you harm. Oh, my gosh. He's a potentialed diplomat, isn't he? <laughs> Basically, he wants to fuck. Okay, so <laughs> brief interlude. The queen, okay. Mary's aunt has 27 royal guards. They are like the cream of the crop among the fey men. And they are all under a vow of celibacy. Mm -hmm. They will be tortured to death if they fuck anybody but the queen. Oh, well, that's not celibacy. Uh, Except she's not fucking any of them. She's not? No. No. Like, there's some that she hasn't had sex with in, like, a thousand years that we find out later. So it's, yeah. Oh, wow. She just doesn't want them to be able to be with anyone else. Rude. 
Agreed. <laughs> so Sholto basically wants to fuck Mary and like take her as his consort question mark and he'll protect her because he has like the creepy lower fey army at or like his mini he's like king of the the creepy fey. Can I cut in for a second? So the sort of hierarchy of the court, so the queen's in charge of everybody, and they're sort of lower courts. So there's like the pixie ones, the demi-fey, and then there's the the slaw, which is what Shilto's the king of. So he's in charge of all the monsters, sort of, of the the unsealed court, and then there's the goblins. They'll show up later. Oh, yes. Yes, So he's king of his own court, but he's not king of everything. Yeah. Okay, so Sholto wants to make her one of his hags, is what um, you're telling me. Is that accurate? His hags? He doesn't exactly say he wants her to be queen, but he also doesn't... I don't know about that part. <laughs> He's kind of vague with what exactly he, he wants, except sex. He just he really wants really sex. He really wants to have sex with fave royalty, because they, they have, yeah. like, glowy sex oh. magic, and having sex with fave royalty is, like, a big deal, if humans have sex with them and they don't like protect the humans' minds, they're like addicted forever and they don't recover and it's a whole thing. Ah. So he's having sex with his three hags. Fun fact, okay. one of them was his nanny as a child and now he's fucking her. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Okay. Black Agnes <laughs> is her name. She is his nanny Aww. lover. <laughs> Ah. I think he's having sex with all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. All three yeah. of them. Yeah. He is. <laughs> nice. And so Mary is kind of like, this seems like a reasonable bargain. Yeah. I will get protection. He's not going to assassinate me like he has been sent to do by the queen. Right. But like, I don't know if I can do the tentacles. I got to see oh. what you're working with. So we are not going to have sex Kay. tonight, but I need you to like show me the goods so that I can Fair see enough. how I feel about it. Yeah, she wants to make an educated decision, and we love that. We love educated I have consent. tried to think hard informed consent. in the same circumstances if I would behave the way Mary did, but I'd be like, yeah, tentacles, show me what they can do. I mean, think about what they could do. I mean... Oh, he shows her. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, so okay. So they start, like, touching and kissing, and, like, he's very excited. This is his first experience with another she, and there's, like, glowy sex magic that starts to happen, and then she's like, all right, unbutton it the rest of the way. And as soon as his tentacles come out, she, like, freaks the fuck out, and, like, the sex magic gets cut oh. off, and... Oh, her Yeah, she's gone. very... And it's, like, yeah, the okay. tentacles have, like, grabby arms that can, like, be used oh. for like as extra hands but then they also have like smaller yeah, yeah, yeah. tentacles in there that like yeah yeah so yeah. he like gets a tentacle on her boob and is like sucking on the nipple <gasps> okay. and like she's into it it feels good that sounds nice close your eyes dude but for some reason she just like cannot and i'm sitting here like clitoris show me what it can do to the clitoris get on, get on there yeah mary yeah. i want to see some tentacle rimming yeah Right? Like, why is this a bad thing in a partner? I cannot, cannot wrap my head around why Mary is so bothered. But... Mary, it's all right. You listen, everybody has their preferences and we should respect her boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> the one boundary, no tentacles. <laughs> so she's kind of like, all right, I don't think I can fuck this guy. I don't think I can take him up on his bargain, but I kind of feel sad right. for him. So I'll just like blow him instead. So 
she is like, well, I can either go up and like make out with him, but then like the tentacles are going to touch me and I don't really want them to touch me or I can go down and just like suck his dick a little bit. So she does go down and is like kind of getting into blowing him when Black Agnes and one of the other hags whose name I didn't know, like blast through the door screaming, he's ours, he's ours. Yeah, she shouldn't feel bad for him. He's got people who are super into everything he's packing. (laughs) So, yeah. so I don't Neris know. Okay, so they're pissed. Starts like slashing her. She's got like claws, and she like cuts her arms <gasps> open, and is like down oh to the God. bone. She's gonna kill her. And yeah, okay, wow. So Mary does the like chosen one thing, and like discovers powers within herself that she did not know Ooh. that she had. She fucking turns this this hag bitch like inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her internal <laughs> organs are on the outside, and you can like. Can still... I explain the hand of power? Yes, please explain the hand oh, of power. Okay, so the fa- oh my most God, of them have, have something called a hand of power. Most of them will have one hand, so her, so they'll hold their hand out and they'll do magic from that hand, and it does different things. Like this one that Mary just did is called the hand of flesh, so she'll turn people inside out <laughs> or other beings or whatever. And then other creatures can have different types of powers and magic. The one that she's got is. Good considered a dark fey power sounds pretty dark from here yeah and the basis she uses to explain that she's not people uh, through the whole book series people are like you're too you're too i can't remember what the name of the golden court is but they think that she's too nice she's not she's not dark enough for the dark to be queen of the dark court so she keeps telling them i've got this hand of power that does this really gross thing so i'll put your intestines in the sink and i won't even have to try when like they're immortal this doesn't kill them oh yeah she will like live eternally inside out unable to like breathe or eat or she's just like screaming continuously while her like can mary put her back together and be like don't mess with me bitch you're play-doh now Oh my god. And so nope. so if you want to kill one of the fae, you have to have some sort of magical implement that can kill an immortal. Like some sort of magical device or magical weapon, it's usually a weapon, um, to kill the the creature, whatever. And so like Mary Wowza. has turned this bitch inside out, literally. Like the <gasps> internal organs are just like doing their thing on the outside while she screams yeah. inside of herself. And Black Agnes is taking advantage of that hard Sholto dick. She has jumped on top and is running no. away. And Mary fucks off. There She's is... like, I am out of here. Jenny, there is nothing hotter than seeing a sister wife get destroyed. Okay? There's no more competition in Black Agnes's life. I changed his diapers. He was mine first. <laughs> Yeah. So Mary's like gotta go, and she's half naked at this point too, because like, she bleeding. they were like making out. Profusely. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes down. And they're in a hotel. Elevator. Yeah, they're in a hotel. They've gone back to his like fancy hotel. She goes down, and in the lobby uh-huh. is the other hag and top hat dude bro, his other minions. And so she's like, eh, shit, this is bad. So she like. locks herself in the bathroom well she puts she goes in the bathroom and like wards the door with her blood that's like dripping profusely from her arms and so humans can come in but the baddies can't get into the bathroom but like there's a really good way but it's also covered in blood so 
<laughs> she's just like standing in there trying to figure out what she's gonna do and she sees like a spider in the mirror okay and we didn't get into this earlier but when the undercover operation went wrong early in the book it was mm-hmm. like a spider spell yeah. that saved her at the last oh. minute and they didn't know who had done it oh so she sees this same spider again and like scrunches up a note and passes it through the mirror magic that's like help me totally um Aww. so there's like two humans in the bathroom and that's bad so she like turns the lights off when she sees this like shadowed cloaked figure coming through the mirror i'm so sorry all i can think about is like two right? drunk bitches being like oh my god i love that sweater your skirt is so cute and then she's just trying to escape into a that's spider pretty mirror. much what it is so she turns the light off and they're like oh my god the light's off and then they like flee so now we meet doyle the queen's right hand, okay. who she calls her darkness, has appeared through the mirror. Whoa. He's basically okay. like the queen's assassin. Okay. But she hasn't slept with him in like 500 years because... Sounds like it He's like very big and scary and serious and <laughs> people are scared of him. And okay, the queen's guard all seem to have like different color schemes. So we're going to get, like, different okay. colored hair and eyes and whatever. This guy is, like, black on black on black. Like, if he's wearing a black okay. cloak, you can't tell where he ends and the cloak begins, which we know mm-hmm. I'm into. Okay, so she, like, doesn't know why he's there. Well, yeah, because it seems, like, a little counterintuitive that a help-me spell would bring the queen's assassin, since the queen is trying to murder her to death, right? Yeah, it's, queen. like... And they're trying to, like, get in the door, and now they're trying to smash in the window, and she's like, ah, fuck. So this guy appears when she says, help me, and she, the quote is, if it had been almost anyone but Doyle, I'd have fallen into his arms with relief, or just let myself faint from blood loss and shock, but it was Doyle, and he simply wasn't a person that you fell into the arms of, not without checking for knives first. Like, he's a big, bad, scary monster. But he tells her that, like... He has the queen's mark for her that will, like, keep her safe, which means he has to, like, grab her and kiss her face, like, rah, to, like... Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do gotta get the in there. The mark has to go yeah. mouth to mouth. <laughs> There's, like, a tentacle monster that tries to come... Oh, and he has a sword. The queen has given him a sword that can, like, kill, give Faye the true death. And that's, like, a big Whoa. deal. It's called Mortal Dread. It's got a cool name. Is he gonna do a... Um, mercy killing for that inside out. We shall lady. see, Melody. Uh, I'm glad that I you are so. I worried super about Harris, so. the inside out <laughs> sister wife. She's still inside out over there, is all. It's a really disturbing visual, right? Like, <laughs> like what the fuck, Laurel K. Hamilton? It is. Quite... I don't think I would have come up with that. Like, I can come up with some twisted Listen, shit. I like her but brain. Like, whoa, but yeah, whoa. that is a hell of a punishment. Uh-huh. Wait, so is the queen trying to protect her or is he using the queen's mark and her tools against her? He says... Like, against the queen to protect her. He says that the queen wants her home and that, like, he's been sent to bring her home safely and, like, does not mean her harm, but she doesn't trust that. The queen is, like, psychotic. She tortures people for fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Okay. so Lord Sholto 
unclear whether he like finished with Agnes or finished with Agnes <laughs> comes <Yeah>. like <laughs> bursting in the door and now Shulto and Doyle are like man fighting and she has to turn the lights off and there's somebody swinging a sword in the dark that could kill all of them mortal <laughs> death <laughs> and so we established that like Shulto has been duped by somebody and he thinks he was sent to kill her, but it wasn't by the queen. I don't know. It's shenanigans. Uh-huh. Yep. But basically okay. they're like, all right, we're going back to St. Louis where the queen of the fairies lives. Because of course. Can I know they I, can't I mean, lie? Yes. So, I mean, technically they can, but they're not supposed to because it's like, according to their realms, like the darkness will come and eat them. The slaw will come and get them or whatever. So they don't, mm. they're not supposed to lie and they try not to. Indeed. All right. So now we all have to go to the most glamorous city. So she's like, <laughs> okay, we're going to go to St. Louis, but also like, can we go back upstairs first and kill the inside out sister wife? That's really nice of her. Because I did turn her inside out. It was a whoopsie. Okay. And I feel like we shouldn't torture her for eternity. And so Doyle is like, it's your kill. Like, you did it. You fix it. And hands her the sword. And then Monica, what does she do? She kind of looks at the situation like, uh, and then she starts just hacking at the, like, all of flesh, like, just pounding away with the sword. And it's, like, it's not even, like, I don't think it's, like, super sharp either. She's just, like, I just picture her, like, battering, like, the, like, ball of flesh with the sword until, like, she says she, like, starts looking for organs and, like, puncturing specific organs. Okay, to be fair first, I sort of like Until the screen stops. She starts by just, like, trying to stab the heart. But the screaming doesn't stop. So then, like... Yeah, you gotta lop off the head, man. She basically has to, like, cut her to bits before the screaming stops. Oh, my They're like, goodness. it's really hard to kill them. Oh, wow. What's up? I love the ending line, though. Do you, did you write that mm. one down? The line she gives at the end, it's something like, uh, that's a good sword. It didn't slip once. And then she just walks away. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And there is some part of her that has to acknowledge that while it was a mercy kill, she enjoyed it beyond the act of mercy. Like, there is this sort of dark part of her that was, like, into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bloodthirsty. So it turns out she's sort of mad at them for making her do it because, like, it wouldn't have been a big deal for Doyle to do it. And instead, he made her do it. And it turns out, like, that was her hand of power emerging. But if she doesn't, like, make a kill and, like, blood herself after her power emerges, it might, like, go away again. Uh So this was them helping her to, like, bring her power forth and keep it there. So it was like her bat mitzvah? Yeah, she has. <laughs> like she's a now grown come up into now? her powers. <laughs> she... <laughs> you, have, you have turned someone inside out and chopped them to bits. Congratulations. I'm sorry. I just I just watched the rest of And Just Like That so that we could recap it for the temple. And there's a bat mitzvah oh, thing that happened. And so it's just like in my brain. <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm also worried about yeah. this hotel room after all that. <laughs> Yeah, they left like a giant tentacle in the bathroom downstairs. Like somebody's got a lot of cleanup to do. And they don't do it. They like acknowledge that they're just going to leave it. Okay, so now they go to her apartment. 
I don't know where Sholto goes, but she ends up in, she's just with Doyle. And he reveals mm. that one of his nicknames is Baron Sweet Tongue because he can like lick wounds uh-huh. to close them. <laughs> Oh, and that sounds like the sweetest. So she's like bleeding profusely. And he's like, you can either let me like lick your wound closed or we can take you to the hospital and you can get stitches. And she's like, "Okay, God damn it. And and so he like licks her arm closed and there's all kinds of like tension between them because he hasn't had sex in like 800 years. And yeah. And Mary, for some reason, does not own any night clothes that are not like lacy and silky and and she oops forgot to put underwear on out of habit because she doesn't sleep in underwear and oh no she also has a puncture wound very high up on her thigh it's very high (gasps) up on her thigh oh wow and he can see that there's still blood coming out and he's like let me tend to you I need to lick your groin now. (laughs) Where's that button? (laughs) And so this part, sort of unclear to me, but so he does like lick her wound and then they're they're, like magic sex powers happen like they have for her the other time. And then she like gets him off without meaning to with her like sex magic, which... So I feel like what happens is she comes and then it like makes the magic happen with her orgasm. And then that's what sends him into an orgasm, which he's not allowed to have at all. Like you can't, they can't even jerk yeah, off. They, they can't, can't do anything masturbate. like that. What? Yeah. Yeah. So him just oh getting God, that's off. That's cruel and unusual. Yeah. <laughs> that's mean. Yeah. So this is like a big fucking deal. Like he has, like the punishment for both of them is to be tortured to death by the queen. And there's like, no what? exceptions. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this queen sounds mighty unstable. <laughs> no, you're right. She is. <laughs> She's insane. And so he's like, I have to tell the queen and like goes and talks to the queen in the mirror. No, you super Well, because he's like, it'll get back to her and it'll be way worse if I don't tell her. So he tells oh. her and she can, Mary can hear them like bickering through the mirror, but can't tell what's going on. And then like. They fly to St. Louis. What, to present themselves for the upcoming torture death? Yeah, it's like the queen is basically like it was an accident kind of deal. Like, it's fine. I fell onto his dick. It's fine. (laughs) God. He had to lick my wound and oops, I came. (laughs) And so now we meet two more of the queen's guard. We meet Galen and Barinthus. Galen, do you want to tell her about Galen? Yeah, okay, so Lorca Hamilton usually compares the characters usually to Mary's skin tone, who is very, very white, pale. Um, And so Galen is pale, but he's got, like, green undertones to his skin. Ooh. I can't remember if his hair is green. Yeah, he has green green. hair. Yeah, Yeah. and And then Brinthus. Green, like, grass. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I think Brinthus is blue, like the sea. Yeah, Brinthus is blue. Yeah. His hair is blue, too, I think. He is an ex-god. And I should also note that all of the men and or fey royalty people, they have, like, really long hair. They're the only people that are allowed to grow their hair really long, so all of them have, like, eight-foot-long hair. Like, Love it. Yeah. Except Mary, because she cut it because she was in hiding. 
but everybody else. All I can think the whole time is like I'm picturing that Laurel K. Hamilton's husband has super long hair. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I see where your tastes run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Barinthus is an ex-god who can destroy armies with a thought, and he is a blue fish man. And was her father's friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, so he's aquatic and he knew her dad. Yeah. Mary's dad. Okay. There's a whole subplot thing with her dad and just not even going to touch it because it'll take us 15 minutes to explain. I hear you. So now they have been sent the queen's magical car to ride to Mary's hotel. Mary is insisting on staying in a hotel. Okay. So they're riding in the magical car, and Galen, it turns out, is, like, her first love. They had, like, a very flirty relationship when they were younger. They've never, like, fully acted upon it because he was part of the Queen's Guard. But there was very much a connection between them. She, when she was very young, wanted to marry him. And her father said no because he's, like, too nice, basically. Rude. He's like kind of the open, fun-loving, sweet, nice guy, and he's not nearly like ruthless enough for the court politics that Mary is going to have to deal with. And so as a child, she was like super pissed about this. And now as an adult, she's kind of looking at him with new eyes and she's like, you are way too, like you speak when you really shouldn't. Oh. And like, if I married this guy, I would like get him killed because... I can't protect him and he can't protect himself. And so it's oh, just like yeah. an interesting observation. Oh, so now she, Barinthus is driving and she's like in the back of the car with Galen, her first love. And they're kind of like reconnecting and whatever. And Although I'm wondering why Barinthus has to drive the magical car that drives itself. That's a really yeah. good question. <laughs> Magics. It's like a Tesla. He's got to, somebody's got to like have their hands on the wheel just in case. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So plan. then like she and Galen start like getting it on. I think she like straddles him. Well, okay. So they're not like fully having sex, but like she has straddled him and things are getting like hot and heavy and they're like petting each other. And then they're like, oh my God, I think there's, why don't, I don't remember why I'm not supposed to do this. Like, what is going on? And they suddenly realize there's like a spell that's (gasps) making them be reckless. And (gasps) so they like find the queen's ring with like strings that they recognize are a spell. And so they, they manage to- The queen spelled them? We don't know who spelled them. They go through this whole logic of, like, who was it? It wasn't the queen. The queen put the ring there, but the queen didn't do the spell. But, like, why would some—because if they had acted on it, they both would have been tortured to death. So it is, in essence, an assassination attempt. Yeah. So we don't know who did it, but somebody is trying to get them tortured to death. Wow! But this ring is, like, a fucking spell. Special fertility mate recognition ring that, like... Oh, my God. Monica, tell her about it. Yeah, so she... So, I can't remember if it's Galen or someone tells her that the queen wants the ring on her hand when she sees her. So, Mary's got to put the ring on and wear it. And um, it sort of, like, every time she touches a man, it sort of, like... I can't... 
decide if it like shocks them or it like gives them the tingly feelings but it just has a reaction so every time she touches it so they realize through logic i guess as they're trying to figure it out that every time she touches a man that she could be fertile with it has a reaction so she knows (laughs) that they're they can be in her like stable of men yeah very convenient is that is that like the cultural norm I don't think so. <laughs> this is like no. a special ring, and the queen oh. is kind of angry. Okay. She gets kind of angry later that it uh, like it reacts to her because it never worked well for the queen because she they don't have the same kind of magic. Ah, yeah. okay. So okay. she has the electrical fertility ring that is now <laughs> like stuck to her finger; it won't come off. There are Tolkien length descriptions of like people's <laughs> underwear and what knives she's carrying and like. Holy shit, Laurel K. Hamilton, you Mm -hmm. really have, like, thought through exactly what is happening in this world because I would have been, like, a knife. And she's, like, four paragraphs later, I know exactly what lace was on the underwear. That's cool. Okay, so, I don't know, there's, like, grandma stuff, hotel stuff. There's a reporter who is, like, a pain in the ass to her and, like, published pictures of her father's mutilated corpse back in the day. So Mary, like, so a fae reporter. No, no he's, a, he's a human reporter. reporter. Yeah. Oh. And Mary like broke the rules and punished him by like weaving his worst nightmares in front of his eyes and like fucking with him. Fair enough. So now he hates her and is like bent on revenge, sort of. Mm-hmm. So now she's like going to see the queen and her sadist cousin Cell Kel. I don't know is like standing in the way. And so she still has Galen and Barinthus with her. Yeah. Okay. And the cousin has his, like, right-hand assassin lady because he has, like, the the Kingsguard kind of deal and his are women. So he has Siobhan, who is, like, his scary assassin lady, and she has, like, come ready to fight. And he also has Mary's best friend, who is, like, part brownie. Brownie, yep. She has, like, four arms, I think, and, like, she is not fae. Cool. She's never really been accepted in the court, but he has her on a leash oh. as, like, his pet. What? And he <gasps> is, like, this sadist baddie, and he's apparently been keeping Sir. her best friend as a pet for, like, the last three years. No, no fucking way. Get out of here. It's very upsetting. Um, and she didn't know this because she was in a hi- hiding. Yeah. yeah. And again, it has no bearing on the plot going forward. We just meet them, and then she never shows up again. Oh, no. I hope Mary saves her someday. But so he sort of, this turns into like a standoff, and they're like swinging their dicks at each other, and not literally, because that could actually be happening in a Laurel K. Hamilton book. I'm fine either way, honestly. So Kelsell tells her guards, Barinthus and Galen, to like fuck off and go see the queen and they're like we're not leaving her alone with you you've tried to kill her in the past and he's like you're disobeying a direct order and i'm gonna punish you for it you're not my dad and (laughs) but it's like they kind of have to obey him and so now mary like fucking summons the earth question mark like yes the earth like offers her power and she like becomes this like Gaia, goddess, scary, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she 
pushes his assassin Siobhan's power back and like hell yeah scares the pants out of her cousin because they yeah. think she like doesn't have any power and she has suddenly ha. become this fearsome thing and then Doyle shows up and is like Doyle is the the darkness one yeah 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 oh I, I haven't forgotten Doyle come on <laughs> <laughs> and so he tells the other two that like you need to go this is gonna escalate i'll escort her and then All the right. cousin like runs away scared and so doyle's like kind of being weird doyle's still flirting for the first time I think doyle has a crush ever. <laughs> and the ring does zap a little bit when she touches it does a little zippy zap at doyle, doyle and Ooh. he's being very like cryptic and she doesn't indeed she doesn't know why he's being so flirty and weird and now we meet two more of the queen's guard okay we meet frost and we meet reese and frost she has less of a relationship with reese she says is her third favorite of the guard can i describe well, them I really yes. want to describe them. Oh my god! Okay, so, so Frost is really tall, and he's like pale white, and his skin or his hair is uh, silver, but like tinsel silver, like metallic, shiny Ooh. silver. And he's very broody and scowly, and I just love Frost. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Rise. He has uh, also has sort of pale skin. I can't remember. Does he have pale skin or sort of like a brownish? I'm not sure. It's you get confused after a while. But his hair is like sure. pure white and like really curly and really long. And I don't know how he Ooh. manages it, but obviously he does somehow. And he's supposed Magic. to, and he's shorter. So he's more like Mary's height. But she also notes several times through the entire series that he's the most muscular of the guards, like the most in shape. Right. There are paragraphs devoted to his abdominal <laughs> <Yes>. muscles. <laughs> <Yep>. Not exaggerating. <laughs> I love it. And she sort love of that. notes that like, he would protect her like up to his life, but he wouldn't like sacrifice his life for her. And apparently yeah, that's right. the that bar for Mary. It's that's inadequate. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. We should also note that I think in this scene they're both in like I wanna say like sex party outfits. Like they're wearing like <laughs> leather straps and like like whatever the queen like put them out to wear and Frost is really mad about it and Rise is like whatever and there's a whole thing about their clothes. It's great. Yeah, the queen has designed like special sex party outfits for each of the guards and they all have a different mm -hmm. outfit. And so Doyle is normally very clothed and he's in like a leather I don't want to call it a corset, but it's like leather shirtless. Like he's got a cloak on and she's Incredible. kind of like, you're not really wearing clothes. What is going on here? And then, yeah, Frost is like, like, are you pissed. hurting anywhere? I can lick it. Frost is like borderline willing to be tortured rather than have to wear <laughs> the outfit that was provided for him because he's like, it doesn't fit. And the queen is like, it fits. I had it tailor made for you. Like wear it or go see the torture. They're just hot pants, Frost. Okay. They're supposed <laughs> to be that short. He doesn't have anywhere to put his weapons, which he's more mad about. <laughs> so now she is actually taken. Oh, and the ring does not react to rice. It reacts to Frost, but it does not react. I th actually, no, we don't know yet that it reacts to Frost, but spoiler alert, it does eventually react to Frost. Mm -hmm. um, so now she is taken to see the Queen of Air and Darkness, who is psychotic, her aunt, and 
there's like a whole standoff between them where like Mary's kind of trying to like bow and say all the right things. And the queen is like, how can you be saying the right things? And it still sounds like you're being offensive. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that the queen wants to make Mary her co-heir with her son, Cell. And no! that the fir- it's a race, it's a race, it's a race. The first one of them to provide a baby to impregnate or be impregnated is going to get to be king or queen because she wants to, like, continue the family line. Oh, my God. So it's planes, trains, and automobiles, but with it's baby with, making. with genitals. <laughs> and so in order to, like better facilitate this and give Mary a better pool to choose from, she's going to lift the vow of celibacy from the 27 guard members who haven't had sex in like a thousand years, but only to Mary. Yeah! But like, she can't start drama between the guards, so she's like, you can't just fuck one of them, and you can't fuck two of them. You have to fuck like at least three or four. I would prefer you like sampled them all before you limited yourself. And Mary's like, challenge accepted. (laughs) No probs. (laughs) And also, one of them must be my spy. I'm going to, like, assign one of them, but you can pick the others. And there's a line where I just started to cackle where she was like, you have to take at least three of them back to L.A. as your harem. You must fuck one of at least one of them tonight, or I will make you do a public orgy in front of everybody tomorrow. Which Mary is not she's into. She's like, oh. <laughs> and then she's Twist like, there's arm. only. Really? She's not into it? No. Not into the public sense. Very out of character. <laughs> she's enough. like, there's only one of me and 27 of them. And like, they're all sex starved, haven't been allowed to masturbate for 800 years. Like, it's. I mean. Might be a good time to note the age difference between Mary and all of these people. Because she's like yeah. 30 in human years, 30. And most of these people are like 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 years old. Yeah. Yeah, Doyle is like, I remember when Rome was just like, there was just like a path leading to a village. Whoa. <laughs> He fought in World War II with her father. It's it's a hell of an age gap. I think the youngest Yikes. is Galen. and He's like 75, something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she is kind of like, oh, shit. Like, okay, this is she, the, the queen gets very scary and threatening. But then she's like flees and is like, all right, I'll see you at the banquet. But like, keep in mind, you got to fuck one of them tonight. You got to fuck at least three or four of them. And you have to like take them back to L.A. And one of them has to be my spy. Okay. So she like runs out of the room and Rice is there and he's like, what happened? You look kind of upset. And so she like explains to him what's happening. And then the ring does react quite. It She hadn't she had touched the fabric and not his bare skin. And the ring reacts the most dramatically to rice. It, like, (gasps) does an extra electricity for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's It, like, tases him almost, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Tases him into boner town. And now, so now she she just has to get from the queen in the queen's chamber to, like, Uh the banquet. But it is a fucking journey. Like... (laughs) We are about to go on the quest to get to the banquet. And so she can hear screaming and she can identify that it is Galen screaming. And 
Cell is having Galen tortured for disobeying him earlier, and the manner of torture he has chosen is to have flesh-eating butterflies eat Galen's dick so that he can't no. be the one to enjoy Mary this <gasps> evening. <gasps> is Do they reach... Are they like geckos? Are they like starfishes? Is this forever seas? <laughs> <laughs> so Cell has tried to make it permanent. But uh-huh. the butterflies have like come to an agreement where yeah, like, the butterflies decide to vomit it back up. He's fine. gonna be able fine over here. to regrow his man parts, but like he does They're have them eaten now. off by flesh-eating butterflies. Holy well, shit! Mary oh, I stay with the person. <laughs> oh, I'm so out into of the it. running for the evening. Like, there's one off the list of potential. I mean. Down to 26 I options for the so. night. <laughs> we should note that in this world, people sleep with whoever or whatever, but as soon as someone gets pregnant, that person, they are, they're stuck together for life. They can never be with anyone else. So whoever gets married pregnant will be king, and she can't be with anyone else after that. Just FYI. Wait, so no, then it's forced monogamy? Yeah, or so- does that mean that, like she can still be with other people as soon as she's pregnant like as soon as she's pregnant that's it she's stuck with that person that got her pregnant forever Ha. yeah (laughs) interesting okay yeah so now they have escaped the dick eating butterflies and they're like sort of dragging galen along and we have like doyle galen rice yeah. And Mary are still trying to make their way to the banquet and they're going through these like dead magical roses and one of them pricks Mary and now they're fucking attack roses and they like <gasps> start the thorns start to come out and like all of the guards pile on top of Mary willing to sacrifice their bodies so that they will yeah. get torn to shreds by the thorns instead yeah. of Mary. That's love. But the, yeah. the roses just, like, want to drink Mary's blood a little bit because she's royal. And so they, like, give her blood a little bit to the roses. And then, like, they manage to get out because, like, help shows up, basically. But there is an important moment where Frost could have escaped at the last minute and, like, gotten uh-huh. out the door and instead decides to, like, stay back and protect Mary. And that's very important Wow. To yeah. Wow. If he's not okay, going to protect Frost. you from attack roses, what are we even doing? Get the fuck out. Yeah. Get out. There's a lot of like creatures that want to drink Mary's blood in this whole book. Like, so she. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of. thirsty for her. Yeah, so she gave some to the butterflies to get Galen free. And then now she yeah, gave yeah. a bunch to the roses to get free of them. And then we keep going. And now the goblins have like come <laughs> to aid in the attack rose escape effort. Yeah. So now we have goblins and Mary is like bleeding profusely again. Mary has lost a lot of blood. Wow. She really needs like a steak, some (laughs) spinaches. It's (sighs) and so there's like a goblin healer who's trying to like fix her wounds and Mary is like doesn't want to just fix her wounds. She's trying to like, I don't know, do something smarter. And so one of the goblins, like a random goblin, just like runs up and licks Mary's blood because (gasps) goblins like to consume blood. And that is like a grave affront. Like he has taken her blood without permission. (gasps) So she's like, gets one of her menfolk to kind of grab him by the scruff of the neck sort of deal and is like, summon your king. Like this needs to be answered for. And 
Uh, Monica, do you want to explain what she does? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> she makes them call the king, and we we learn that she sort of grew up with her father going to see the goblins and how her father had, like, a whole relationship with the goblin king. So she's known the goblin king since she was a child. And I think what, when she was 16, he told her he was going to fuck her. And so that was a whole thing. He wanted to marry her. Yeah. And the goblin king has, like, an extra little goblin partial like his twin is like stuck in his side yeah it has like a mouth but it can't talk Mm -hmm. and i got an eye too but it's like sentient enough to have like played chess with mary when she was a kid no and it it has its own wait so he like ate his twin but not all the way (laughs) in the womb something like that (laughs) unclear yikes he's just got like a ghost and then it's like yeah, it's got an eye and a like mouth a and a penis, and it doesn't talk. It's just, like, there. And it's sentient enough that it cried when she uh, turned down the proposal. So that's a little <laughs> terrifying. Oh, poor, yeah. poor sweet bunny. Yeah. Oh, no. One, my favorite visual is, like, this goblin king appears, and he has his two penises, and his goblin wife is there, and the goblin wife sees Mary as a threat, so she's just, like, jacking the goblin king as they come up to meet Mary, and then, like, she gets Uh really threatened, so she starts, like, jacking both penises. You gotta do both. (laughs) Oh, my God. One, I'm picturing... I hope she'd been using her shake weight. Have you you guys seen... The Hobbit movies where there's like the the goblin who has like the ball sack neck. <laughs> no. I'm I'm picturing like this level <laughs> of sexual yep. magnetism with like yeah, an yeah, extra yeah. little goblin creature yep. dick arm hanging off oh the side my. of him. And she does later like gracious. things like that are like marks of beauty to the goblin. So like warts and like gross things are all like marks of beauty to the goblins. So he's like the grossest being the king. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Mary is like. I'll make a bargain with you. I want your blood in exchange for my blood. And okay. to the goblins, that then means that, like, your enemies are my enemies and your beloved is my beloved or so. It's like a pact for some length of time. Oh, wow. So long story short, they end up drinking each other's blood. After the goblin queen tries to kill the goblin king, she does, like, try to gut him. And he, like... Beats the hell out of her and sends her on her way. Uh, <laughs> what? It's a lot. It's a, it's a whole thing. Violence and like blood and all that stuff are things for goblins. Like it's just their <laughs> culture, I guess. It's not great. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so there is like a sex scenes length description of Mary drinking this goblin's blood of like yeah, okay. what the right mm. technique is for drinking blood out of his arm and how you have to like kind of start it slow and like mm-hmm. suck on it a little bit and then you and I'm like totally. Laurel K. Hamilton you've been drinking blood <laughs> like, she's a... <laughs> I'm giving she you giving you the research. eye I, it's research. I need to know how you found these details. Like, I know how you researched knives and guns. There's a lot, a lot of detail about drinking blood. Like, oh, my God. Like, pages of drinking. And so she's, like, starting to gag. And Doyle, like, grabs her arms and, like, hurts her a little bit to help her be distracted so she doesn't gag. Uh-huh. And she does manage it. And then there's, like... The Goblin King invokes the right of flesh 
after they have exchanged blood. And Monica what can tell is you the right of what flesh. The, the word flesh is used <laughs> in this book. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to say that. I can't remember exactly how it goes, even though I just read it like a couple of weeks ago. The, uh, I think it means like that he can have sex with her. But then she's like, oh, wait a second, <laughs> wait one second. And so they make like this deal that she will take like a proxy for his flesh instead. So they have to like give her a tiny goblin to take with her. I'm sorry. He's not... Okay. So the goblin king is married and the, the she, the royal yes. fae, like That's don't it. do infidelity. So yeah. he's out of the running even though the goblins oh. don't believe in that. So they, yeah, the bargain is that, like, the goblin king can pick a different goblin to invoke the right of flesh with. And so he, like, goes through the crowd and he picks a fucking snake goblin <laughs> who has, like, scales and snake fangs and, like, a tongue. And he gives her this little goblin to be like, okay, until you fuck him, we don't have an agreement. And the agreement is basically that now she will have the goblin army as her protection like they will be on her side instead of her cousin's side so her cousin might think twice about attacking her so she is willing to fuck a snake goblin in Wait, order to so get this she alliance has to, she has to fuck a pint-sized snake goblin <laughs> yes but <laughs> okay all right and she couldn't just like fuck that eaten twin that absorbed twin <laughs> no i don't know i didn't even think about that that i mean i, I feel like that's fair i don't he's think not the married to that jack queen for it because they are like okay. one and the same mm -hmm. okay all right fair enough yeah yeah and he's like kind of salty he never got to have sex with her which he knew a couple of times. <laughs> a couple times, All right, yeah. pint-sized snake goblin. So now Gotta get in her. They are still trying to make their way to the banquet, but now they've what? added pint-sized snake goblin to their I entourage. About the banquet. <laughs> and just as they're about to make it in, someone has set a tripping spell and Mary, like, takes a spill, and it takes all the guards down with her, and she, like, twists her ankle, and I don't really know why it's there. It's, it seems very unnecessary. Uh -huh. But basically now the queen reveals to everybody that she's making Mary the co-heir, that she's lifting the celibacy thing only for Mary, that Mary has to fuck multiple of them, that she has to, like, the whole thing gets thrown on the table. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's shenanigans and... It comes out that, like, Kel has been, was, like, responsible for the original case that she was investigating, like, undercover for. And so he's, like, broken all kinds of laws and technically should be executed. Yeah. But, like, the queen doesn't want to execute him because it's her baby boy. And sure. <laughs> I have a question. And if you want me to fuck off, you let me know. But if she has to be with whoever impregnates her forever then how is this queen theoretically fucking all 27 of her guards if she wants to so she was married and that's how she had cell and then i think her husband died and so now she can just have sex with whoever she wants yeah okay Which but a if really they're... good reason to off your husband yeah unless so un unless you do murder your husband <laughs> okay fair enough yeah all right i'm with you so now they sort of negotiate from a death sentence to he's going to be, like, sex tortured for three months. 
like he's being sent to the executioner and he's going to be like on the brink of orgasm for three months without ever getting release. Is this They're going to dip him in that oil I that see. they mentioned at the beginning of the book. I yeah. see. Keep in mind, like through this journey to the banquet, like the the Queen's Guard are learning one at a time that they now have an avenue to sex to release yeah. for the first time in 800 years and that like she's right. gonna pick one of them that night it's probably not the one who had his dick eaten <laughs> but yeah. everybody else Man. is kind of like who's she gonna pick who's she gonna pick so she ends up taking rice frost doyle galen the goblin oh uh- I think that's it, right? Can the goblin, can the pint-sized <laughs> the snake goblin, goblin has, impregnate the her? snake goblin has to, oh, yeah, and they asked that, like, what if the goblin impregnates her? And the queen is like, well, I guess he'll be your king then. Nice. All right, cool. Yeah. Equal opportunity. I like it. Yeah, she's pretty chill about it. So now they've, like, gone back to the hotel, and she has to pick one of them to fuck. And... Galen is out because he doesn't currently have a penis. Yeah. Doyle excuses himself very judiciously. He's like, I already found release with Mary. I will let someone else go first. Like, I had a release. Um, I'll let somebody else have a turn. And then, so now it's like down to the others and Rice is, oh, and so Mary is like, I'm taking the goblin in the bath. Like, the goblin is one of the ones who's doing this no matter what like who else is interested and rice is like i don't do goblins i'm out oh wait so it's not even like they have to be all together at once it's not like a he's got issues because he had a uh, an issue with goblins when he was younger and they took one of his eyes so he's like anti-goblin complete so being in the same room is still is like hard for him for being around okay so he needs like a cooling off period at the very least yeah Yeah, he just doesn't want to like fuck in front of the goblin kind of deal okay fair enough oh and there's this whole thing where like her ex griffin she was like with this guy for years and she was supposed to marry him and he rejected her before she left to go into hiding and so he now has like reappeared at the hotel and is like yo you want to do the thing oh he was the queen's choice as the as the guard to be the spy the spy um, that and mary's like us. fuck that get out (laughs) fuck that and fuck you and fuck off and Mm -hmm. so she calls the queen and is like i'm not doing this guy pick someone else and so now like i skipped over that like in the car when they're riding back there's this kind of cute moment where like mary wants to lean her head on galen and galen is like injured by the flesh-eating back or flushing bacteria flesh-eating butterflies and so he's Mm -hmm. kind of like ouch and then frost is like i have a shoulder But he's always been, like, the the grumpy, stiff, like, you didn't... She's always been, like, cuddly with Galen, but not so much with the frost is, like, trying. And then... Uh Don't hate it. Yeah, and she's kind of like, "What? why is this, like, hard for you? You know, it's like a first date. And he's like, Mary, it's been 800 years since I've, like, done this in any and he's like i used to be like galen and then like the queen fucked my head up and now like i've i didn't want to touch anybody because so basically he hasn't like touched anybody in 800 years like not a hug or a kiss or anything and so he has ended up as the choice 
so the the goblin and Mary and Frost go into the bathroom. Sure. And yeah. he's like, I can't. I'm throwing stuff. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I can't control myself. I just want to, like, throw you down and rut. And Mary's like, okay. And <laughs> because she is descended from fertility deities, she can, like, immediately get a man hard again. Like, if he gets off, she's just like, okay, let's go again. Let's go again. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yep. It's very convenient. And she has decided that she's not going to let the goblin fuck her, that it's like a flesh bargain. And so that can mean instead that he takes a bite out of her. She would rather be bitten <laughs> by this poor pint-sized snake goblin. <laughs> When Monica tell her in the car, the the pint-sized snake goblin is this, like, beaten, submissive creature. And they're all mm-hmm. sitting on and he, like, curls up on the floor. And anytime she asks, like, are you okay or whatever, he's just like, yes, mistress. He's, yeah, and, very, very sad. Like, I don't know. He's, he's been one of my favorite characters through the series as he, like, grows into being, like, a actual... I won't say human because he's not human, but an actual person, like, as he discovers his identity, yeah. which, is, which is good, but... Yes, right now he's very, he's very beaten, broken. Gets an H-E-A. But right now he just gets to like stand and watch as Frost and Mary fuck like four or five times, and then she. This describes... is so rude. <laughs> you can dismiss him if you're just gonna have him take a bite. Just present your ass, let him take a bite, and then then kindly excuse him. At some point, rude. she says she gets like so caught in the moment with Frost that like she doesn't even mind letting him take a bite. So she just like lets him take a bite and then (laughs) she likes a little pain with her sex yeah so she has a snake goblin there to just like have a little nibble this poor snake goblin justice for snake goblin justice for snake goblin is what i'm saying yeah like you won't do tentacles you won't do snake goblins yeah she doesn't sound like very open-minded or adventurous (laughs) she seems a little sizest and uh slimiest okay it seems like she's anti many arms and rude is all i have to say which is funny because her grandma is part brownie so i would assume she also has multiple arms because it's like a brownie thing Hmm. I was about to say, but she's not going to have sex with her grandma. That's, but, I mean, like, that's fair. <laughs> in a Laurel K. Hamilton book, that could be where we're heading. So. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then, I don't know, there's like shenanigans where like the reporter is taking pictures through the window of her having sex with Frost and the goblin is like in bed with them and it, he's going to like publish them and it's drama and... Whatever, whatever, they trade out the spy, they get a new spy, and then she, like, takes her entourage back to L.A. to start the baby-making race. Yeah. She doesn't want to stay in in beautiful St. Louis for that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm curious about where, what the the living arrangement is going to be, because I don't assume that she has an L.A.-sized abode big enough for... How many does she take back? Um, she's got the spy, and then I think four or five spy, guys, and the goblin. Galen, Rice, the goblin. I think I missed Frost. Wow. And then her. So it's like seven people living in. I think she said it's got like a. I think it's like a two bedroom small apartment. So do we get that in? So that is the uh, end of the book. 
Yeah. So I don't think we get that until the next book when it opens and then you kind of get the dimensions of her apartment, which they fixed later in the series. Like they address the living situation later in the series as she gets more men, but yeah. <laughs> not in the first. As she gets first. more men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait so what's the what's the hga in this shindig she's not dead <laughs> she's, she's not dead and she's <laughs> taken all six of them back to her la apartment to have a fuck fest what kind of hga okay. are you looking for <laughs> yeah that's and she's nice. got three months head start on her cousin who's like locked up for the next three months so she's got three months to get the baby make it happening for you know wow that he's gonna be free and could try to kill her again it's bad wow yeah. Yeah, she has wow. like five virile fey men folk who haven't had sex in a thousand years, plus a bonus snake goblin. <laughs> Which she does not appreciate <laughs> enough. <laughs> and she's a fertility deity who can make them all hard again. Like somebody's gonna have to make sure they eat. Yeah, fair. And like yeah. you really would not want to be her neighbor. <laughs> no. no, I feel like apartment is the wrong move. I think you need to to get into those royal pockets and get yourself a secluded mansion, you know? So, yeah, we had tentacles. Incredible. We had dick-eating butterflies. We had That's really the kicker a two-dicked goblin with, like, a goblin minion and, like, a jack and goblin queen. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She's got biceps for days. We have like a forced polyamorous baby making relationship race. <laughs> uh -huh. We have sex torture. Well, but also it sounds like she's got at least a three month head start on Cell because he's not going to be able to impregnate anybody in the sex torture dungeon, right? Correct. Correct. You said he couldn't come for three months. Yeah. No, she's a fertility now, goddess. Well, and now it's six months because he got punished at the end for like shenanigans um even more excellent. pissed her off but yeah but i think it's like really hard for the fae to get pregnant okay mm -hmm. because cell okay. has been doing it left right and center and like hasn't impregnated mm. anybody and like the queen only ever had the one son even though oh, yeah you know so like it's not necessarily i think she cool. admits to when they're doing their little standoff when mary first meets the queen after she comes back that she's infertile the queen is now and she knows that's death for the race so she's like we're gonna do this thing and so now then you'll be queen but they have a whole conversation because mary's like i'm mortal you're gonna still be alive by the time i'm I de i'm dead and so the queen tells her she's infertile and that she'll step down if mary gets pregnant so there's a whole thing there wow yeah incredible <laughs> this was a ride and i'm gonna need some aftercare yeah yeah monica do you have anything i got a couple things i actually wrote down because i was trying to think of some some stuff so um, yeah. i was trying to consider something equally like sort of fayish but I, I went a different route so i figured after all of this you're gonna want some some softer love that's way more inclusive so i'm gonna go with i've got two things one is the TV show Lost Girl. I love Lost Girl. It's definitely got the face shenanigans and the main character bisexual. So she's swings left, right, and center and all over the place. There's werewolves. With the succubus, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, it's an older show, Lost but Girl. it's still, still good. And then also, it's being silly because I'm sure everybody's already read it, but the Thorn Chapel series from Sierra Simone, it's got all the love. Yeah. So I feel like it's a good place to go. Nice. Always a good suggestion. 
I will argue until my death that Kenzie, her like BFF sidekick, is maybe the hottest human who has ever been on any planet. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. And she's so speaking I, like speaking Russian. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. Okay, mine I'm gonna have to like insert sort of afterwards because I I made that planes, trains, and automobiles reference earlier, and then I realized that like that's super not the reference I was going for. And so I've been trying to figure out what fucking movie I, I was thinking of the whole time, and basically it's an old movie where there's like this race, like maybe around the world, and in my soul I do believe that the finish line is the St. Louis Arch, and so. I like couldn't get it out of my brain, but it I don't think it's the great race. It's not planes, trains, and automobiles. And I feel like it's got a ridiculous name that may or may not include the word automobiles. <laughs> I I'm gonna work on this privately so you, you and I'm gonna let everybody have... know. And aftercare. Fuck you. Is... Yes, I do. <laughs> do you just gotta be you just gotta be Googling. <laughs> Melody Get to Googling. Needs somebody to find her aftercare for her. She we need to crowdsource my aftercare. It does exist though. <laughs> I know it. Oh, hello, beautiful listener. Melody here from the future. I did text my mom and she came back with a gold mine. The movie I'm talking about is called It's a mad, 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 mad world. It is a slapstick comedy that I'm sure is problematic on many levels because I did watch it when I was young and I have zero memory of it to the point that I believe that it was the St. Louis Arch they ended on. But my mom said that it was like palm trees. Listen, I believe the characters were also confused about this. So it's a mad, 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 mad world. Ha! Go get it. Oh, okay. But I'm stalling because I don't, I'm like swiping my Kindle. Oh, ho, ho. Look who, look who's, (laughs) she's pointing with four fingers back at herself or something. (laughs) This finger, this one. (laughs) It was my index finger, listener. Oh yeah, totally. Nothing happening here. (laughs) Um, the thing I have been reading is so not romance, but I'm loving the shit out of it. It's a series on Kindle Vellum. That's what it's called, right? Bella? Uh, yeah. Vella. There we go. I was like, that's not right. Kindle Vella. And it's called Call Her Leviathan. And it's by Cooper Barham. And he is one of the guys that I play Vampire the Masquerade with, with nice. like Katie and Piper and Sarah. So I picked it up and it's so different from other things that I read. But it's just this like, I don't know, intensely perceptive fantasy and like makes you think about people and it's just like so well written and it makes me really happy and it's always fun when like people who are your friends also turn out to be super talented and you're like oh I love this I love like (laughs) genuinely being excited about your work yeah absolutely oh my gosh all right Monica where can they find you Tell them everything. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram mostly. Just look for Monica Corwin. I should pop up. If someone was going to like start a Monica Corwin book. I would say they they should start with Twelfth Floor, which is a sort of contemporary retelling of Twelfth Night. 
gives a good view of my writing style where it is now and stuff. So that's good. Stuff. Nice. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for bringing us OG bonkers shit. Yeah. For bringing us dick eating butterflies. Well, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I've been a listener since you guys started. So I'm super excited to be on the show. Yay. I'm happy I made it through the Yay. whole time without like super fangirling any guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Next week, Robin Lovett is joining us. I'm so excited for you to hear Robin get philosophical about the importance of this genre, some about author core stories, and the different experience of writing versus reading bonkers books. Then we recap C.M. Nascosta's novella, The Maybond Feast. It's a witchy story set in Morning Glory Milking Farm's Cambrick Creek and has a spider hero. Let's just say she understood the assignment. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The more reviews we get, the more the apps recommend us to new listeners, which is huge for us. If you're curious about other ways to support the show, check out our Patreon equivalent, The Temple of Defiant Joy, on our website. You can see it at bunkersromance.com temple. It's linked in the show notes as well. When you join, you get the final episode of each month, videos of every regular episode, and some tiers include our Bonkers Book Club. You can follow us on social media too. On Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, we are at bonkers romance we're going to be doing giveaways of extra soul eater art within the temple and on instagram so keep your eyes out now go enjoy your next bonkers read and remember if the character on top has breasts maybe consider some tit slapping <laughs> <laughs>